So one of the most influential guys that ever lived, that ever walked this earth, was a guy, maybe you've heard of him, his name is Jesus, okay? And he was born over 2,000 years ago in a little town of Bethlehem, in what is now modern-day Palestine. Didn't know that. Uh, Not Israel anymore. Uh, There are many, many people who would say a lot of nice things about Jesus. They would say, like, very generic statements about Jesus. When you're like, what do you think about Jesus? There's kinds of, like, two trains of thoughts. You might hear a lot of people go like, oh, he was just, he was a good guy. He was a good teacher. Or maybe you'd hear somebody say like, oh, I think he was some sort of, like, prophet like Joseph Smith or something like that. Or maybe he was just a very wise man. He just knew what he was saying and his ideas were there. Or maybe like, oh, he was revolutionary in his thinking about how to treat other people. And so he was just kind of a revolutionary. And guys, the thing is, all those statements, they're not entirely wrong, but they don't tell the whole story. See, Jesus was the son of God. And that's not just something that people say. That is something that Jesus himself said about himself. He said, I am the son of God. Okay, so for someone to declare that they themselves are a child of God, the son of God, there's two sort of pathways you have to take here. One, they are completely crazy, all right? They are off their knockers, all right? So you don't just say, I'm the son of God, unless you are absolutely crazy, right? And if you're crazy, then everything else that you say and do, you would think would follow suit with the fact that you are crazy and that nothing would sort of support that, that somebody like that sort of messed up in the head to think that they are the son of a deity, in a sense, that, that, that wouldn't be the case. So that's one train of thought when you say someone has declared themselves the son of God. The other option is that they're right. They're either right or they're not right. And if they're not right, they're crazy. But if they're right, then we would think that their actions, their words would back up this statement. And as we look through the life of Jesus, we see Jesus said, I am the son of God. And everything that he did backed it up. Guys, this is something I want you guys to like cement in your head. Jesus wasn't just a good teacher or a prophet. He was the son of God. Of God. He was and is the Son of God, truth be told, okay? And that matters. It matters what we think of Jesus, because if Jesus says he's the Son of God, if Jesus says that, that no one can come to the Father or get to heaven except for, through me, that I am the way, the truth, and the life, then everything about our lives has to be based on these truths of what Jesus says, who he says he is. We As people who are Christians, we here at 4640, we are followers of Jesus. And that means everything is completely based, rooted, substantiated through Jesus Christ. How we live, how we make our decisions, how we spend our money, how we treat other people, our religion, our world, our perceptions, our preferences, our opinions are all rooted from this one guy 2,000 years ago who said, I am the son of God. The truth is, guys, if we don't know Jesus, then we don't know God. John 14, 7 says, if you had really known me, you would know my father, who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Why is he saying you have seen him? 
because you have seen Jesus. So it's really important that we know Jesus. So we need to know Jesus. We need to know who he is. We need to know why he, why he did what he did, how he lived his life. So what we're going to do over the next few weeks, we're calling it Jesus Diaries, is we're going to go over moments in Jesus's life that show us what it's like to live like Jesus, what it is to follow him, and what it means to have a relationship with him. We here at 4640, we are not about religion. We do not really like the R word. We like relationship. And our religion is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if it's not rooted in a good relationship, then it's not much of a relationship at all. Religion is basically no relationship with Jesus. It's rules. It's, it's quotes, it's chants, it's things that you have to do to get to heaven. But relationship with Jesus is what we believe in. But to have a relationship with somebody, it's a pretty good idea to know the person you have a relationship with. I think there's a lot of people in the world who've maybe said a salvation prayer or maybe who've, like, who've been to church a long time and don't have a clue who Jesus really is, would not have a relationship with him. They say, oh, I'm, I'm going to heaven because I believe something, but do they have that relationship with Jesus, because if we have that relationship with Jesus, we're gonna trust him, know him. We're gonna know his promises. We're gonna believe what he says. We're gonna rely on him. We're gonna live our lives, like I said, through him. So tonight, for part one of our Jesus Diaries, we're on a boat. Our lives are much like this boat, except for rather on a sketchy, rather than being on some sort of sketchy, rolly thing, all right? It's actually on the ocean. But yeah, the ocean, right? It brings these waves. It, the ocean is kind of this thing where you're on it. Sometimes it's clear sailing. It's smooth sailing. But other times, the waters get rough. There's stuff that rocks the boat. I'm so scared I want to get off immediately, okay? It's good. There's stuff that rocks the boat in our lives. Now, a clear blue sky on our oceans in our lives, what does that look like? Nothing's rocking the boat. You have friends, you are pretty popular, you're successful in things like school, sports, maybe even a job, you're getting raises, you seem to be doing well there. You're getting along with your family, there's no drama there. Things are going well for you. The boat, smooth sailing, nothing's rocking it, right? But there are times, and I think you would all agree with me, there are times when the storms come up in life, things aren't going so well. Friends are far and few between and you're struggling with loneliness and isolation. Uh, school is difficult. You're struggling to keep your grades up because you're just not understanding something. You have issues at home with siblings or your parents and you're just not getting along. You're butting heads a lot and stuff rocks the boat. It's not smooth sailing. You're having a lot of difficulties. That's, there's times. Life brings us both clear blue skies and also life sometimes brings us storms. So think back in your life when things were going well. What did that look like in your life? Was it, like I said, some examples. School was great. I had a lot of friends. I didn't have to worry about things. I, I had money or my parents had money, all of those things. And then what about those times when life wasn't going so well? What did that look like in your life? Now, what's going on right now? Is it smooth sailing right now? Or something rocking the boat? Is there something in your life that's feeling like it's taking your peace, that it's something that's keeping you up at night, it's worrying you? Is there something in your life? Is there a storm in your life? Well, we're going to look at a story about Jesus and how he dealt with a storm that came up. Our story begins in the book of Mark on one of these right here, on a boat. Jesus is on a boat. 
Jesus had just finished teaching a large crowd, so large that he actually had to, like, that he had to teach from a boat just to get, like, just off the shore because there were so many people and they were crowding him so much that he had to get on a boat just to get away from these people so that he could preach to them. I've never experienced quite that kind of a crowd, but it's close. We're close in here, I think. So instead of going to shore and resting, he says, hey, they decide they're going to cross the sea. And we're going to take up the, the story right here. It's in Mark 4, 35 through 41. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence! Or, I don't know, maybe, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. So we're going to take this story. And it seems like a short little like, oh, cool. Jesus can do something. That's really awesome. But what I want to do is there's a lot we can learn if we just sort of pull this section of scripture apart verse by verse. Because each part of the verse says something about the disciples' mindsets about who Jesus was and what he was like, and then how we as Christians can face things. So let's look at it first. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So Jesus is done speaking to this crowd, and he says, let's cross the other side of the lake, because they're not anywhere near food. They're not anything. They have to get to the other side. So what do you do? You take a boat. So Jesus is, is, is doing this. So Jesus did not say, note, he did not say, Let's attempt to cross to the other side. Maybe we get to the other side. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe we should. He said, no, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Jesus had spoken about the future. He had, he had said things that were going to happen in the future. You could tell that he knew other things that other people did not know, that he had like a direct line with God the Father who would tell him things. So Jesus spoke of the future. And if they weren't going to make it on that boat... Jesus would have known. And if they weren't going to make it, he wouldn't have told them to get across the lake. Guys, we can read the scripture and just look at it and say, oh, look, Jesus said, let's go across the lake. That makes sense. And it's in red letters. So I know it was Jesus talking. That's cool. But let's just remember, if Jesus is saying it, then God, the like, creator of this universe, is saying it. God does not lie. He does not go back on his word. If he says something is going to happen then something is going to happen. And so if the disciples would have remembered that Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake, when that storm hit in their, in, on that boat, they would have known, no, God, God, the Son of God said, we're going to get to the other side. So I don't have anything to worry about. We need to understand that when God speaks, it is not something we should flippantly cast aside as we might do with anybody else. If somebody says, like tries to tell you what's going to happen in your life, if they don't have influence in your life, you're just going to go, ah, eh, maybe, or that'd be cool. Somebody comes by and, and they go, oh, you might win the lottery in the next year. You'd be like, that'd be awesome. But I'm not going to necessarily take their word for it and change my entire life. But when God speaks, when he tells you something, 
you do that. If the disciples were listening to the words of Jesus, when that storm came, they wouldn't have been affected by it. The Bible is full of God speaking his promises and he never changes. It says in Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Sometimes guys, when we are in storms, like maybe you're in right now, we forget that God has already spoken. This is why the Bible and getting into the word daily and understanding what, what the Bible says about your life is so important. Because if you get into the word, you see things like in Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says, I have a future and a hope for you, plans for good and not disaster. When you look in your Bible, it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that the temptations in your life are no different than what other people experience and that the temptation, God will not allow the temptation to be more than you can handle and he can show you a way, a way out. When you know the word, when you know the words that God has spoken and placed in the Bible, it changes what happens when the storms come because we can hold on, we can hold tightly without wavering to God's promises. In a storm, remember what God has said in his word and what he has also said directly to you. Guys, this is why we love it when you come to conference because we get these moments to speak into you like, or these prayer times that we do during worship where somebody comes in and they're gonna say things to you. They're gonna say, God loves you. They're gonna say, God, God forgives you. God has something amazing for you. Hold on to those things. Write them down somewhere. Don't just forget those things because those words are gonna be your absolute anchor in a storm. So let's look, next verse. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. The first four words, seven words are super important. So they took Jesus in the boat. Who was in the boat? Jesus was in the boat. They could have not taken Jesus in the boat, but they took Jesus in the boat. So this brings me to a question about your life. Is Jesus in the boat with you? Have you accepted Jesus into your heart? Have you invited him to live like as your Lord and Savior? A person who need, like Savior as in I need saving from the sins that I've committed and I can't repay for all the mistakes that I've made. But also Lord, we're going, Lord, Jesus, direct me. Help me make the good decisions. I want to live my life for you. Not just, not just somewhere else, but I want to live my life for you. And, and so, yes, that's getting Jesus on the boat. But I think if we're honest, sometimes we still leave Jesus on the beach and we go off. We come here to 4640, right? And we worship and, and we love and we love him and we learn about Jesus and all those things. But when it's time to sail away from 4640, is Jesus in the boat? Or do we say, um, if Jesus is in the boat, what I say tomorrow at school in the locker room is going to be really awkward. So I'm going to leave Jesus on the beach. Or the, that, that, that thing that me and my girlfriend have a date tomorrow, a couple of days and something might happen. And if Jesus is in the boat, that's going to be really uncomfortable. So I kind of want to leave Jesus on the beach. It's Jesus in the boat. And here's what's crazy about it is when storms hit and Jesus is in the boat, all of a sudden we can twist in our minds real quick. Jesus, where are you? Jesus, why can't I, why aren't you helping me? Jesus, I, this is so difficult, but you left him on the beach. He's not even in the boat with you. 
that can happen in our lives. And so we have to be careful. Is he in our boat? That's a question we should ask every day. Is Jesus in my life? Like, is he, is he a part of where I'm going? Or did I leave him somewhere and I'm just going to take a swing by and come say hello and then sail off on my own again? Guys, this wasn't the only time the disciples got stuck in a storm on their boats. This wasn't the only time. One time, Jesus wasn't in the boat with them when they got stuck, on the, stuck in a storm. This is how good and how powerful our father is, is that he saw that they were in trouble in a storm. Do you know what he did? He walked on the water to make sure that they were okay. He did not realize, like he didn't have to be in the boat, but because, because they cried out, they needed help. He was so powerful that he got there. And I want you to know that just because maybe in your life you tend to not let God be a part of your daily life, in those moments when you face storms, he can come. It says in this, this, this verse that, that if, if we are unfaithful, that God will still be faithful. Jesus will always be faithful, but life, storms, when storms, when difficulties, when drama, when fighting, when bullying, when all of those things happen and come against us, if Jesus is already in the boat, we don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. Look at the next verse. It says in Mark, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. So here it is. The storm hits and it's not just rocking the boat, okay? It's filling the boat. The boat is going down. And I bet you, if we're not, if we're honest with ourselves, that there's times in our life we think the boat's going down. It's not just something that's rocking the boat. It's not something that's making us a little uncomfortable, but it's something that is wrecking us. It's something that is filling us in. It's, it's heartache from a breakup, and we just don't seem to be able to move on or get past it. It's, it's your parents getting a divorce now. It's not just that they're fighting and there's drama, but now all of a sudden your whole family unit is tearing apart. It's dealing with a bully at school and no one else is believing you because they're not bullying you face to face, but they're just taking pictures of you at Sna on Snapchat and they're making fun of you that way. Whatever it is, even just a stupid mistake of your own that you just regret deeply, all of a sudden it can feel like in your life, the boat is going down. It's not just rocking. It's not making me feel uncomfortable. It's, I'm not sure if I'm getting out of this. It also says, soon the storm came up. Jesus and the disciples had just got done with a really cool like ministry moment. Jesus preached to a crowd so large that he had to preach from a boat. High moment, storm came right after. This happens in our lives all the time. We have a great God experience here at 4640. We had this amazing, like, we call it a God night where God just took over like two weeks ago. And maybe you remember that. And now you're going, man, right after that, like the next day, I just got hit with some depression or I got hit with some temptation like crazy. And all of a sudden we get these highs. We experience something at conference or, or, or we have like a, this amazing quiet time where we finally open our Bible and God just reveals something incredible to us. But as soon as we start walking out, all of a sudden, that storm comes right after. You have this awesome God moment, and then the storm hits. Stuff gets jostled around. Your boat starts rocking. What, what do you do? You lose hours at work. You get that speeding ticket. You, you have issues at home, drama with friends, whatever it is. Storms come up because the enemy sees, saw that Jesus and the disciples were affecting 
thousands of people. And so what did he do? He sent a storm to try and knock them out. He sent that storm. And the enemy wants to do the same to you guys. Maybe you, you want to try and like get close to God. You want to get better. You want to just get into the word. But all of a sudden, you're going to notice, man, those storms are going to start coming more. And why is that? It's because the enemy doesn't want you to get to the other side. He doesn't want you to get through the storm. He wants you to stay in the storm. But if we trust God and we know that Jesus is in our boat, we can get to the other side. Let's go on. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? The biggest question I think we all have from this verse is what kind of cushion was Jesus sleeping on that he could sleep through all of this? What the heck? How could, like, the boat is filling with water, and somehow Jesus is still sleeping on this miracle cushion. I don't understand it. I don't, all right? It's bothering me because I want to know what it is because I kind of wake up with a weird, like, kink in my neck, and I'm just kind of wondering if that's kind of what would help me out, all right? But I don't know. For Jesus to be sleeping in a boat, all right, that is being filled with water and rocking, that's a little crazy. Julie and I were on this cruise uh, before children, BBC, uh, before children. And it was an awesome cruise. And we were, so 17-story tall ship, huge ship, size of like three football fields or something like that. And we were in the very top, very back room, okay? Now, big boat, little boat, okay? Small boat, big, big boat that I was in. Very top, but we were kind of on that like, so middle of the ship, we're back here, okay, just over here. Now, there was some waves. There was some wind. There was like a storm that the, the ship was going through. In that big of a ship, me and Julie sat there and laid on that bed, and we could not go to sleep because we felt the ship going up and then going down. And it wasn't like I could see anything because I, I was cheap, and I bought the room that was inside with no windows, okay? And so... But I felt it, like you feel that idea, like when you go down a hill when you're driving too fast, it's kind of like that feeling. And man, it made us sicker than a dog in that moment. Jesus is on a little tiny boat, it's rocking, it's filling with water, and he's still asleep. Why? Why is this happening to him? It could be because of the cushion. It could be. But I doubt it. It was probably his robe wrapped up or something like that. It was not a comfortable cushion. But the point is, and this is what I want you guys to hear, is that all the chaos and tossing and turning of the storm didn't budge or even wake our God. Didn't have an effect on him. To sleep through that had nothing to do with the cushion and it had everything to do with how much Jesus trusted that our, his father, our father, would get him to the other side safely. This is how I like to say it. The peace he had on the inside was greater than the storm and chaos on the outside. His rest, his sleep, was a rest of faith in his father, in God. And there is times, yes, to be faithfully watchful and to go, okay, what, what's happening? What, how's, where's the storm coming from? How's the enemy attacking me? And there's times where we need to battle and say, no, like nothing can stand against me. No, no weapon can form formed against me shall prosper. And there's times we need to battle. 
but there's also faith-building moments where can we lay down and rest and trust that God is gonna get us through the storm? That if I simply lay down, will God take care of me still? There's faith in that. There are times where being at rest in the craziness shows God that we have faith in him. The truth is, guys, and this is the thing, there's always time to take a nap. There's always time. What is our reaction to tough times? Is it to fight? Is it to struggle? Is it to complain? Is it like difficulties? What is it? Or are we at peace? Are we at peace or are we like the guys in the boat? Do we sleep peacefully knowing Jesus is gonna take care of us? Or do we allow the storms to keep us up at night? Remember how the disciples reacted, okay? This is interesting. They shout, hey, don't you care that we are drowning? Notice that this isn't a cry for help from his disciples. This is an annoyed response to Jesus napping. That's what this is. They're saying, hey, don't you care? Remember, okay, so this is something we need to remember. Remember, the fishermen or the disciples, a lot of them were fishermen before they became disciples. They had fished the waters that they were in all their life, okay? They knew a bad storm when they saw it because they had seen them in their lifetime. They knew when they were in trouble and were probably doing all they could to stay afloat. Everything they could to stay afloat, they knew it was bad. Using buckets to get the water out of the boat, all of these things. So basically they're saying, hey Jesus, why aren't you helping? Do you even care that the boat is going down? Because the disciples, they were pretty sure the boat was gonna go down. They knew a bad storm and they knew that this was not a good one. I would say this is more the response we have to God when in trouble is the same response to the disciples. So it's, it's this, do you even care, God? This statement that we, we, when we go through difficulties, when we're experiencing troubles, all of these things, we ask them, do, do you even care? Do you even care that my parents are getting divorced? Do you even care that I don't have any friends? Do you even care that I'm broke? Rather than asking for help, rather than staying at peace, trusting God, we get angry. We get frustrated at God and we begin to feel like entitled to rescuing from our difficulties, from our storm. We ask like, why did you let this happen, God? I'm sure that question has come out of everybody's mouth at one point in time during a difficulty is why did you let this happen? We say like, if you loved me, or this is even an argument that people said, if you loved me, this wouldn't have happened. If you would have been there, if you truly were that kind of God, this wouldn't have happened. We sometimes think that God is asleep, much like Jesus is in the story, that he isn't paying attention, that he somehow missed it, that the difficulty we're going through is because God isn't paying attention and that he isn't doing or didn't do all he could to keep us from going through that storm. Bad things happen, though, in life. God did not promise a storm free life. It says in John 16, in this life, you will have many trials and sorrows, many storms. Being a follower of Jesus, being in a relationship with Jesus does not mean that there won't be storms in life, but what it does mean is that he will get us through them. 
with Jesus on your boat, you will get through any storm that comes against you. So let's look at what Jesus did. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. In the end, it wasn't the waves. This is, what, this is something we need to know. In the end, it wasn't the waves. It wasn't the water that was going into the boat. It wasn't the breeze or the wind that was rocking and swaying the boat that woke Jesus up. It was the voice of distress from his disciples. It won't always be the difficulties that are happening in your life that will get God's attention. Those things happen. He, under, he said, there will be many trials and sorrows in your life, but what will happen, what, he will come. He will all of a sudden go, boom, I need to, this is a storm, and they're asking me to get in the boat with them. I might not have been in the boat yet, but I'm gonna walk across the water just to get in the boat because my disciple, my child, has now asked for my help. They're crying out and saying, this right here, what's going on is too much for me and I need some help because the boat's going down if he doesn't do something. Whether or not they had the right attitude or asked the right way, when the disciples asked Jesus, woke him up and asked for help, Jesus immediately got up and stepped in and handled the problem. They don't say this, but the, this is my opinion. Like, just kind of looking at the situation, this is my opinion of what happened with the disciples. Being experienced fishermen, like we said, I think they thought they could handle it. I think when they saw the water, they started to see the clouds, they started noticing the waves, the rain, the wind, all those things. They said, you know what? We're professional fishermen. We know what to do. They probably thought, hey, let's let Jesus rest. Let's, let's let him take a break and we will handle this. It wasn't until they reached a point where they legitimately thought that they were going to die, that they went and got Jesus. Is this how our relationship with God works at times? Only when things get really, really bad is when we go to God, when it's, it's crisis mode, it's drama, it's the breakup, it's the end of a friendship, it's the, all of the Fs, it's the, like all of these things. Only when things get bad do we finally go to God because we think, oh, I've got it, I can handle it. Then stuff really hits the fan. What do we do? All of a sudden, we've tried to handle it ourselves. We haven't asked God all along for help or wisdom or, or support or comfort. And when things get real, real bad, all of a sudden, what do we do? Do you even care, God? Where are you, God? Why aren't you here? Why did you let this happen? When all along in our lives, sometimes we don't even ask him for help. We don't, we don't ask for him in the beginning. It's only in the worst moment do we ask for help. And we're, we're asking in the way like, where have you been? I have been going through all of this. And yet, see how illogical that is? For us to not let God be in the boat all the time. But when the storms come, we're wondering where he is. But God is still faithful. He is still faithful. Good. That verse again in 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Jesus gets up and rebukes the wind and said to the waves, hush your mouth. He said, uh-uh, stop, silence, be still. And all of a sudden, the storm stopped. 
all the work that the disciples had been putting in, the scooping out the water, the trying to like direct the sail the correct way, the steering, the frantic chaos of just trying to keep the boat afloat, all of that, all of the work we put in sometimes to keep our boat afloat, all of a sudden it's like the planning, the stressing, the staying up at night, the like struggling, the, the, the striving for friendships, the, the anything, the, the alcohol, all of these things we're trying to do to keep ourselves afloat, to keep the boat afloat, the chaos of trying to keep our lives afloat. Jesus gets up and doesn't do anything doesn't frantically run around. He's like, oh my gosh, you're right. The boat is going down. Let me get another bucket and help you guys. He doesn't do any of that. He simply stands up and says, be still. And the sea and the winds were still. A word from God will always do more than any of our doing. A word from God in your situation will do more than anything you can try and fix, anything that you can figure out or do, he can do more. Finally, it says, then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? There's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Do we have faith? Because if we truly believe that God is for us, not against us, that Jesus is not just a prophet or a good teacher, but that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the son of God. If we truly believe that he has our back, then why when things go badly, when trouble arrives, do we get all bent out of shape? Do we just like panic in those moments? Why, why do we get afraid? We have to ask ourselves, where is our faith in him in these moments if we cannot respond to the storms the same way Jesus responded to those storms. Guys, I find my, myself, uh, there's been times in my life where something has happened and it rocked me and it stressed me out to none, like I lost sleep, I, 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 like, I got angry, all of those things. It, it rocked my boat and I let it and I kept heading straight into that storm and then I'm frustrated with God going, God, wh what is happening? Why am I going through this in the first place? But then now, hindsight, when I made it to the other side, just like God said I would, when I made it through the storm, I find myself asking, why was I worried in the first place? Why did I let that steal my joy? Why did I let it steal my peace, my sleep? Why did I let it keep me up at night? And I have to ask myself, like, when has God not come through for me? And when I ask that question for myself, He's never not come through for me. He is good. He is faithful. He's always true. Guys, it's hard to see past the storms around us and know that there's a God right beside us helping us get through. It's hard to see, but he is there. And we just have to have faith. I'd like everybody to just close your eyes and, and bow your heads for me for just a second. And I just kind of want to take a moment and I just want us to, like at the beginning, are we in a storm? Are we going through a difficulty? Because I think there are plenty of people in this room that that is the truth, that they are going through something difficult, a hard time. I don't know if it's at home. I don't know if it's at school. It 
even just stuff online can just feel like a storm, just wreck our peace. But what is it? And I kind of want you to just take like a, a visual image of yourself on your boat right now. And what is rocking your boat? What is the wind, the waves, the rain, the storm in your life right now? And I just want you to look around. Is Jesus in the boat? And if it's not in the boat, just say, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry I didn't let you get in the boat in the first place, but I'm going down and I need your help. And our God who is so faithful comes running across the water to get in the boat with you. And even if Jesus doesn't miraculously calm your storm right now, Jesus is saying, let's go to the other side. And so yes, you might have to walk through the difficulty. You might have to walk through the storm, but Jesus is with you. And you shall not fear. I think God wants to just like say to you something right now. That word, it, it might not, that peace might not be external. It might not ease the drama. It might not ease the heartbreak, but what it can do is it can bring peace in your heart. And I think God wants to just say, peace, be still in your heart, in your mind, as you're letting your mind wander and run over scenarios, over arguments, over, over possibilities, over these difficulties, you're running through the, these, like what these people said and, and how you feel about that, all of that stuff, God's just saying, peace, peace, be still right now. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are a storm-ceasing, star-creating, death-defeating, all-powerful God, and that you choose in each one of our lives, you choose to get in the boat and live life with each and every one of us day to day. Father God, we repent and we say, God, we are sorry for leaving you on the beach. We, we don't wanna do that because we understand, God, that there are storms in our lives and we want you there beside us, with us, helping us, strengthening us. God, we put our faith in you. God, we wanna, we wanna sleep through some storms. We don't wanna stress through storms. We don't wanna do any of that stuff, God. We wanna have the peace that you say, a peace that passes all understanding. And so, Father God, we thank you for being in our boats. God, when our storms come, God, we pray, Lord, that you that we would remember that you are the God who you say you are and that you are there and that you can get us through it. That you say in each one of our lives that let's go to the other side. And although there are storms right now, there is sun on the other side. 
There is, we are getting to the other side. And God, we thank you for that. We thank you, God, that you are our protector, our provider, our comforter in all of these situations, in good times and in bads, God. We want you in our boat, and we thank you for that. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.